We've been in a series called Beyond. Now, as you're turning there, I like to start with something funny, and I heard a story about this husband and wife that were both celebrating their 60th birthday together. At the birthday party, an angel shows up and says, God sent me to give you each one request. And the, the wife, she was all excited. She said, oh, I'm so excited because I've always wanted to travel the world together. Poof, when the smoke cleared, she had two tickets in her hands with unlimited travel all around the world. The angel looked at the husband and he put his head down in shame. The angel said, what did, did you want? And he said, well, my request is that I would have a wife who was 30 years younger than me. And poof, the smoke cleared and he was 90 years old. Hey, man, come on now. So all the wives loved that one. Amen. He got what was coming to him. <laughs> uh, why don't we stand today as we honor the reading of God's word. We've been talking about moving beyond. And we've taken the words of Jesus. And I want you to say these words with me as we read Acts chapter 1 verse 8. All of you joining us online, why don't you stand and read it as well as we honor God's word. Let's read together. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, let's read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you just to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. We know that you are here because we can sense your presence. And wherever you come, wherever the Spirit is, there's freedom. We've been declaring to the nations that they would be free. But Lord, we need to be free. We need to free up the way we think. We need to free up our lives to think differently, to act differently. And that happens through the power of the Spirit. And so Lord, I pray that your Spirit right now would just speak to us. It would have set us free and would help us move beyond. Just say this, Holy Spirit, I want to move beyond. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated today. The last words of Jesus to his disciples, to the church, you and I, was simply this. The Holy Spirit has come. And you know here at Higher Vision, recently I did a series called Dive, Going Deeper. And we went through the well weekend where we've been kind of focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what Jesus said is that Holy Spirit has come. And here's why it's come. To empower you and I to be witnesses. And we learned last week that, that many times we don't move beyond where we are because we stand there with all our questions. And we learned last week that we need to move beyond our questions. You see, sometimes we think as a witness we have to be an expert. We have to have all the answers. But we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to share what we know and what we've seen. That's what a witness is. So God wants us to move beyond our questions. He wants us to move beyond our routine. Jesus said this, go back to Jerusalem Right, You're going to receive the gift, and when the gift comes, you're going to be empowered to be a witness. And then he says this, and you need to move beyond Jerusalem to Judea, and move beyond Judea to Samaria, and move beyond Samaria to the ends of the earth. We learned last week that all of us have a Jerusalem, and that Jerusalem is our routine. We learned with Peter and John how they were going to the temple, and it was their daily routine, how the man was coming. It was his daily routine to come and beg. 
But what happened is, is when God broke them beyond their routine and they shared what they'd been given with this man, not only were they broken out of their routine, but that man was broken out of his cycle of dependency and brokenness and he experienced healing. So God wants us to move beyond our Jerusalem. We all have a Jerusalem. You need to move to Samaria. Samaria, I'm sorry, Judea was the region. You know, here at Higher Vision, we're called beyond our routine to our Judea, to our city. Here in Santa Clarita, we have a lot of things that our church is supporting. We're supporting things like the Pregnancy Center, the the Food Bank, things like Light of Hope. We're involved in our city beyond the four walls of our church. So God wants us to move beyond. We also know we're called to Samaria or the, the greater area. We know that as a church, we're called beyond that. That's why we're launching. Yesterday, we were in Santa Paula. We were doing a food giveaway, and many of you helped support that by bringing things to us. Did you know we gave out 100 bags of groceries and turkeys and clothes and toys? There were over 300 people at Santa Paula last week that were blessed because of what you've done. Amen? So we've got satellite campuses that we're launching. We have one in San Diego that's launching. We, we've got a church in Florida that we're helping support launching a church there. But God has also called us to the ends of the earth. And so we're involved in continents all around the globe. We're going to learn more about these things tonight at the Missions Banquet. And I want to challenge you, if you haven't signed up, come. We want you there tonight, all right? What I want to do today is I want to talk to you about this idea that Jesus said, I want you to move beyond Move beyond where you are. And I want to begin by sharing another story in the book of Acts. Because we learned last week that, that if the disciples would have stayed there with their hands in the air, looking at Jesus, asking their questions, that instead of the book of Acts, we would have had the book of questions. And there's a lot of us that have lived our life as a life of questions rather than a life of Acts. And so today I want to continue in the book of Acts. And I want to share with you some more of the story of how they began to move beyond. Anybody want to move beyond where you are? Anybody want to step into all that God has for you? Anybody want to make a difference beyond your own life but help the world and the kingdom of God to come in this planet that we live in? Say amen. Amen. All right, so let's read in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, Peter now has moved out of Jerusalem and he's in a city um, called Tanner. And he's at a friend's house by the name of Simon. He goes upstairs, and this is where we're going to pick up on the story. Now, I've kind of condensed the passage. And if you're reading in your own Bible, you'll see that I kind of chopped out some parts just to help us get through the story a little quicker. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 says, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. He fell into a trance, and he saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. And as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Now, let me just say, I want to go back because I realized that we um, left out a little part of this story Because Peter said, I've never eaten anything unclean. But then the voice from heaven spoke to him and said this, listen, if I've called it clean, do not call it unclean. It might have been unclean, but I'm telling you now that it's clean, so get up and eat. 
So the Bible says, as Peter was puzzling over that vision, the Holy Spirit said, three men have come looking for you. Verse 20, get up, go downstairs, and look what it says, go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer or a Gentile. He is a devout, God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to go to his house so we can hear your message. Now, we're going to continue on in this story. This is the beginning of the story. But in this passage and in this story, we're going to learn two principles today. Not only do we need to move beyond our questions, and not only do we need to move beyond our routine, but write this down. Point number one is simply this. God is challenging you and I to move beyond our comfort zone. God is challenging you and I to move beyond our comfort zone. I want to give you a quote, and the quote is simply this. God uses new and uncomfortable things to move us beyond where we are. God uses new and uncomfortable things to move us beyond where we are. For Peter, we're going to see that God was saying, listen, don't hesitate. Listen, you can trust me. I want you to go to this Gentile's house. That's a big deal, and here's why. Because a Jew was not allowed to go and have dinner with a Gentile. A Jew was not allowed to hang out with a Gentile. This was a, a big deal. This was pushing Peter beyond his comfort zone. You see, we already see this pattern of God kind of pushing us beyond our comfort zone in Acts chapter 8. The church was functioning. It was happening in Jerusalem. Good things were happening. But then we see that persecution set in. There was a man by the name of Stephen who was one of the appointed seven deacons that the apostles had appointed. And he got up and began to preach. And when he preached, he got stoned. Now, for some of you, that means a whole other thing. Let me explain. Some of you just flash back to the, 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 the old days, right? Listen, when Peter got stoned, it wasn't what you think. It was that literally people threw stones and killed him. In fact, let me read to you in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. There's a little nugget here that I want to point out as we dive into this concept of moving beyond our comfort zone because we can see it begin in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. In other words, what happened was all the Christians, all the apostles, they were enjoying revival right there in Jerusalem. They're all staying right there in Jerusalem. But what did Jesus say? I want you to move beyond your comfort zone, and I want you to get out of Jerusalem and go to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So persecution comes. Now, here's what it says. It says, a great wave of persecution. The word great is a word that we probably could understand. In the Greek, it literally means large, but here's what it also means. It means strong. And then it says, this strong wave of persecution. The word persecution in the Greek, here's what it means. It means to suffer. But it also comes from a Greek word. The root word means this. It means to press press forward. So another definition would simply be this. There was a strong pressure that caused the the believers to leave Jerusalem and go beyond. You know what kind of reminded me, remember back in the day before the drought, when you'd go out to the front yard and you'd notice on the, you know, the driveway that there was debris there. So what would you do, right? You'd go over to the hose. How many remember doing this or how many have done this? 
you go over to the hose, you're, you grab the hose, you grab the nozzle, you walk over to the driveway, you're standing there in your shorts and pajama top, right? And you begin as people are driving by, waving at everyone, going like this, right? Because as you release the water and the pressure of the water meets the debris, the strong pressure has a way of flushing the debris out or moving it beyond where it is. And you go in a line and you just keep it going, right? And then you go a little bit farther, and then you'll come across some place that's got a little bit of debris that's stuck, right? And so you get a little closer to increase the pressure, right? How many of you have ever had one of those spots where you get real close and you're like, it's not doing anything, and finally you have to do that, right? The point is, is the pressure causes movement. And sometimes God will allow, and I don't want to elaborate this point, but sometimes God will allow pressure into our lives because he's trying to flush us beyond our comfort zone. And maybe the pressure you're experiencing isn't just the devil trying to bring you harm or trying to steal, kill, and destroy, but maybe it's God allowing some uncomfort to flush you out of your comfort zone. Somebody say amen to that. God uses new and uncomfortable things to move us beyond where we are. You see, he moved Stephen beyond what Stephen died. He went to heaven. But then the rest of the deacons, Philip, went to Samaria, the place that he didn't even want to be. If you were a Jew, you didn't want to go to Samaria. There was an issue between these two, two people. I don't have time to develop it. But the bottom line is he ends up in Samaria and revival breaks out. He was in a place he didn't want to be, but he got there because... God moved him out of his comfort zone. That's what we find in the story with Peter. So I'm going to give you a little sub-point, because if God wants to move us beyond our comfort zone, then, then what does that mean? Well, let me give you kind of a, an example of what I think that means. When God's moving us beyond our comfort zone, what he's trying to do is to get us, that's a little sub-point, write it down, he's trying to get us to think outside the box. Some of you are like, hey, wait a minute. Last week, Pastor Jared, you said we need to think inside the box. Yes, I did. We need to think inside our routine, but sometimes God says, now I want you to think outside the box. Let me show you in the story. Go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 28. So Peter, here's what happens. He goes with these men. He ends up at Cornelius' house. And there's so much in there I wish I could teach on, because when he shows up, Cornelius sees him and falls down, starts to worship him. Peter says, whoa, whoa, whoa get up. Don't worship me. I'm just a messenger from the one and true God. So he ends up in the home. Cornelius has brought all his friends, and Peter begins to speak. Peter told them, Acts chapter 10, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. In other words, here's what Peter's saying. Keep it up. He says, this is outside the box. This is beyond my comfort zone. I'm not even supposed to be here. This is weird. This is not usually what happens. I want you to know, you're a Gentile. I'm not supposed to be here. And then look what he goes on to say. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. You see, on his way from Tanner to the, the house where Cornelius was, he kept replaying that dream. He kept replaying that vision that God said, no, 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 you think it's unclean, but if I've made it clean, you can eat it. In other words, God was trying to give him a message, and, and this was the message. Peter, you've been stuck in Jerusalem, and now it's time for you to move beyond your comfort zone and think outside the box. Somebody say, think outside the box. Verse 29, so I came without objection. 
as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replies, and he tells the story of how this angel appears. He says, I was praying in my house. Suddenly a man was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts for the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Verse 33. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Sorry, I don't know. I just had a flashback myself. All right. He said, I can see it clearly now that God shows no favoritism. This is the message. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Now look what happens. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. You see, when we read this story, here's basically what happens. Peter shows up in the house of a Gentile and he's like, I'm not comfortable with this. This is outside of my comfort zone. God doesn't do it this way. God doesn't move like this. Anybody here ever had a moment where something started to happen? God pushed you outside of your comfort zone. You started seeing things happening and you started going, wait a minute, this isn't in my box. This isn't in my theological box. This this is outside of the comfort zone. God, God doesn't move. Let me tell you, this was so crazy that not only was Peter in the house of a Gentile, but when he starts preaching about Jesus, because he knows that God says, hey, I'm doing something new, so preach the gospel. Jesus is being preached and in the middle of the message, they don't even give an altar call. Gentiles who are not even supposed to be able to be a Christian, now in the middle of the message, before the pastor says, if you want Jesus, raise your hand on the count of three and say, I'm confessing my sin. Before they ever give the altar call, before someone is even baptized, before someone, God forbid, is even circumcised, the Holy Spirit falls. They start speaking in spiritual language. They experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Talk about getting outside of your comfort zone. Talk about getting outside of your box. You know, isn't that just like God? Could it be that God is a God who likes to get outside of your box? Could it be that Jesus, when he showed up, did some things like, I'm going to go have dinner with the prostitute, and I'm going to uh, go have dinner with the reprobate, the tax collector, that God was pushing the envelope? You know, it reminds me of a story here at Higher Vision. Many years ago, when we had started the church, I offered to volunteer uh, the equipment, and um, stuff that we had at Higher Vision to help the local high sc- or obscure local elementary school do their talent show. And I thought it was a great opportunity to just meet a practical need in our community as a church. And so we offered all our equipment. I had our staff come, and they ran cameras and ran sound. And we even had gospel music playing and stuff before and after. And so after this big event, I ended up getting an email. And this was what the email said, Dear Pastor Jared, I am an agnostic, I don't believe in God. But when you did your event and when you helped the school and I heard that gospel music and I heard that you guys have a choir that sings gospel music, I realized that I'm making a change in my life. I'm turning 50 and I never have developed my musical skills. And I thought maybe if you were interested, I could be in your choir. 
I know it's kind of strange, but if you would allow me, I would like to sing in the gospel choir, Sign Sincerely, The Infidel. That's what they wrote. So I get the email, and when I get it, I'm like, wow, what? This is really amazing. And I got to thinking about it, and I got to praying about it, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is weird to put a, an agnostic on the stage in the choir ministering to the people in song. That is outside the box. God, you don't work like that. That's not how God does it. That's going to make me uncomfortable if we do something like that, because I know there's going to be some religious people that are going to come up to me and say, Pastor, what are you doing? You can't have someone that's not a believer on the stage. They're supposed to be an example. And I just really felt like the Lord said, this is a moment to get outside the box and watch what I'll do. So I went to Pastor April. I said, Pastor April, guess what? I've got a new member for the choir. In case you wonder, they're an infidel. I said, and here's the deal. We're going to just allow them to come because you know what? If they don't get around the right people, the right things aren't going to happen. If they don't get in the right situation, the right things aren't going to happen. So make a place for the infidel. Just do what you normally do. Talk about Jesus. Do your prayers. Whatever you want to do. But let's make room. Show love, kindness. So the infidel came. They joined the choir. The first week I was standing in the front. There is in the middle of the choir is the infidel singing about Jesus to everybody <laughs> on the stage. Two weeks later, we give the communion service. And guess who raises their hand to accept Jesus? It's the infidel. And not only does the infidel come, but the infidel's children get saved. They start inviting people to church. They join the choir. They're now helping in worship in the women's ministry. Why? Because God wants us to move beyond our comfort zone and think outside the box and know that he can do things that we never even dreamed of. It's good preaching. Good preaching. Amen. I felt like Peter. God, this is outside of my comfort zone. You see, here's what happens to a lot of us. We have an experience with God like the children of Israel when they were crossing the Jordan River. Remember when God held up the water and they crossed on dry land and then what did God say through Joshua? Take 12 stones and build a memorial. So that every time you happen to come through this way, you can tell your children, oh, you got to hear the story. God did a miracle. Here's the problem. God gives us moments where he does amazing things, and he tells us build a memorial. But instead of building a memorial, thanking God for it, and then going on into the, into the promised land, and conquering Jericho, and conquering Ai, and taking all that God has for us, we build a city around our memorial. And we stay right there and we say, this is how God moves. And then what happens is we never move beyond where we are. We never allow that uncomfort to push us beyond where we are. And so we never see walls fall down like the city of Jericho. We never see miraculous things happen because God wants to get outside of your box. But unfortunately, you're still back by your memorial and you've built a city there. And you're pointing to this is what God does and this is how he does it. God wants you to move beyond your comfort zone. Go into your promised land and take every promise that he has for you. Amen? Maybe you came to higher vision and you're going, what in the world is going on? This is not how God works. They've got moving lights and smoke. God doesn't do that. What in the world? The pastor's not even talking to us. He's talking to people through a camera and another. That's weird. That's not how God works. We're supposed to be standing and sitting and standing and sitting and really quiet and taking communion. And this is all different. Listen, 
Maybe God is trying to push you beyond your comfort zone, just like he did with Stephen, just like he did with Philip, just like he did with Peter. He's trying to get you out of your Jerusalem so you can get to your Judea, so you can get to your Samaria, so you can grab a hold of the things that he has prepared for you. God says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Why don't you just say, God, I'm going to have the the courage, I'm going to have the faith, the dare to think outside the box and think that maybe you can move me to a new place to do something great for you. Amen? You see, what happened when Peter had this encounter and God began to do something outside the box? Here's what happened. The Bible says that all the people in Jerusalem, all the religious crowd, here's what's really amazing about this, all the people who had not been willing to move beyond, they were the ones stuck back where they were. Isn't it interesting that the people that where they are always have a problem with people who are somewhere else? And it's because they haven't allowed the Lord to move them beyond where they are. And the Bible says that when Peter came back, they're all complaining and saying, you can't go into the house of a Gentile. What are you doing? This is not of God. Those people haven't been circumcised. And then the Bible says in in Acts chapter 11, verse 18, when the others heard this, because he told the story of what God had done, they stopped objecting and began praising God. And they said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. I just say this, if God's moving, go with it. Even if it's outside the box, if God's moving, why don't you have the courage to go with it? Let me ask you a question. Who are the people that God's pushing you beyond your comfort zone to go be in relationship with? Where are the places God is pushing you out of your comfort zone to go that you're a little uncomfortable being because he wants to move you there so that he can do something great? What are the methods that God is pushing you out of your comfort zone? I want to tell you here at Higher Vision Church, God is pushing us outside the box. Maybe for you, moving beyond your comfort zone is saying, this year I'm going to go on a short-term mission trips with one of the uh, uh, missions ministries that Higher Vision is going to go to this year. Whether it's Brazil or, or Africa or, or, or the Czech Republic or wherever. I, I want to move beyond my comfort zone. I've never done anything like that before, but I'm not going to be the person who's stuck back at the memorial. I'm not going to be the person who's still back in Jerusalem that's looking and seeing all the things God is doing and completely complaining about it. I'm going to get out of my box. I'm going to move beyond where I am. Maybe for you, God's going to push you beyond your comfort zone and say, I'm going to give to missions this year. I know things sometimes can be tight, but you know what? I'm going to invest in things that really matter. Maybe for you, I believe, listen to me, Higher Vision, I believe that God is getting ready to release an outpouring of harvest in our world like we have never seen before. We're already seeing it globally. There are more people being saved around the globe. I've mentioned to you before, in China, 35,000 people a day are being saved in China. 7,000 Muslims every year are being saved in the last 10 to 12 years, whereas the 2,000 years before, almost zero movement to Christ. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to pour out His Spirit like never before. And you know what? One of the things that God might be challenging you and I to do to move beyond our comfort zone now, this is opposite of the way most churches think, but here's the thing. Most churches want to fill, you know, want to have all the seats full. You know what I want here at Higher Vision? I want as many seats empty as possible. So you say, what are you talking about, Pastor Jared? Well, we're getting ready in the year 2016 to start another service on Sunday mornings. We're going to start an earlier service. 
It's going to be at 11.45, or I'm sorry, at 8.45 or 8.50. Some of you are like, 11? That's, you're a late riser, Pastor Jared. Wow. We're going to start another service. And you know what I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask for 300 people between this service and the next service to say, I'm going to take a year and commit to go to that first service so that I can empty out seats in those other services because every empty seat represents a life that could mean a family, that could mean a, a whole tribe, that could mean generation after generation after generation of lives like the infidel that will be changed forever. You know what we need at this church? We need empty seats, not full seats. Because empty seats mean there's an opportunity for you to bring someone that's lost. Bring someone from your routine, from your Jerusalem. So we're going to start an early service. And maybe for you, moving out of your comfort zone is saying, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier on Sunday morning so I can be a part of the first service so that the second and the third service can fill up again and the first service can fill up again. Maybe for you, God's going to move you out of your comfort zone because we're going to believe in the second week of February when we launch our Santa Paula campus on Sunday morning that 50 people are going to leave Higher Vision for a year, six months to a year, and drive 35 minutes to church every day so that we can build that campus and we can see that campus continue to grow and we can reach the city of Santa Paula for Jesus Christ. Maybe God's going to say, it's time for you to move beyond your comfort and get beyond your comfort zone and get outside of the box so that you can be a witness. Somebody say, God, I want to move beyond my comfort zone. Amen. I want to give you the last point today. Number one, God's moving us beyond our comfort zone by getting outside the box. We see that with the story of Peter. But there's another part of this story that we can read right past and not see. And that is this. Point number two is God wants us to move beyond our assumptions. Will you write that down? Move beyond our assumptions. Here's what's interesting. Peter goes to Cornelius, so why am I here? And Cornelius begins to tell him this story about how an angel appears. But here's what's interesting. And we go right by this. The angel appears and tells him something very specific. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 31. Now, this is Cornelius speaking. He said, and he told me, Cornelius, the reason I'm here, Cornelius, the reason God's chosen you, Cornelius, the reason you're getting ready to see something miraculous happen in your home and in the world is because your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Here's the thing. If we're not careful, we pray and we give and we assume that our gift doesn't really matter. Because Pastor Jared, I don't make a lot, so I don't give a lot. My gift doesn't make that big of a difference. My investment isn't that much. Nobody really sees it. God doesn't really notice. I mean, I hope God knows that I'm giving the tithe to him because, you know, when I do that, he said that he'll rebuke the devourer and he'll bless me. I'm honoring and making him first. But, you know, when I make those sacrificial little gifts to God or I give to missions or I help with the outreach, it really, you know, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't really make that big of a difference. See, we assume that our giving, moving beyond our comfort zone by giving of our finances, that it really doesn't do that much. It's, it, it's a nice effort. It's a good try, way to go, but it doesn't really do that much. And we underestimate the eternal significance 
of our gift. But can I tell you, God can take something small and bring an enormous impact. Did you know in, in this story, we see two types of people. We see the goer. That was Peter. Peter was the goer. He was the person that God was using to go beyond their comfort zone, to go into a region, an area, a situation, to be a witness for Christ so that the light could shine. And let me tell you, that had a huge impact. Do you realize that you and I would not be sitting here today? We wouldn't be because we're Gentiles. We're not Jews. We would not be sitting here today if there hadn't been a goer, Peter. But here's the part that we often forget. We value the goer, but we undervalue the giver. Because in the story, there was a goer and there was a sender. Or there was a goer and there was a giver. And what's amazing to me is that the person who ended up being the sender or the person who ended up being the giver was Cornelius. God said, listen, I've chosen you because of your generosity. I've chosen you because you moved beyond your comfort zone. And you said, I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to help people in need. I'm going to sacrifice of myself. I'm going to go beyond my comfort. And I'm going to do it because I love God. I'm not going to do it for reward. I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. But here's the cool thing. Because you gave, because you were willing to sow, you got my attention. And I've chosen you. Could it be, could it be that we were not, that you and I would not be here today? Could it be that the world that's experiencing salvation wouldn't be experiencing that salvation if there hadn't been not just a goer, but if there hadn't been a giver? I want to challenge you, never underestimate the gift that God tells you to give. Because your gift could make all of the difference. What's cool is that God took that gift, that gift that he gave, that, that seed that he sowed, and what did he do? He multiplied it over and over and over and over, hundreds of times, thousands of times, millions of times, hundreds of millions. Why? Because souls are being saved. Remember we talked about that. God takes treasure and he turns it into eternal treasure. And what's eternal treasure? The only thing that lasts forever is people. So God took a, a natural treasure and he turned it into a supernatural treasure, an eternal treasure. So literally hundreds of million, even billions of people have been saved, not just because there was a goer, but because there was a giver. And what happens is too many times we assume that what we do and what we give doesn't really make a difference. But can I tell you that it makes all the difference. God multiplied that seed. And here's what I find is interesting as well. Is not only did God take that gift and bless the world, but where did the goer end up? Back in the house of the giver, the sender. I want to tell you that you can't outgive the Lord. And that when you give to the Lord, what does the Bible say? Cast your bread on the water, it will come back to you. I really truly believe that there is no way for you to send out your gift to bless others without God bringing it back into your home. 
He didn't do it to bless himself. He didn't do it to bless his house. He did it because he wanted to invest in the poor. He wanted to help the things, the things that were important to God. And because he invested in the things that were important to God, God invested in the things that were important to him. And a lot of us, maybe we're not seeing the blessing and the things that are important to us because we've never learned to invest in the things that are important to him. God took the goer, the giver, and he brought it back. And not only did he bless the world, but he brought it right back into his home. And his home was saved and transformed. The Gentile, outside the box, filled with the Holy Spirit before the message was ever even finished before anyone was ever baptized. What miracles are God is God waiting to pour out in your family? What miracles is God waiting to pour out in our nation and in our world if you and I were just willing to move beyond our comfort zone, move beyond our assumptions, and say, okay, God, I'll be a goer, I'll be a giver. It reminds me of a song that simply says this. I dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me We walked upon streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea We heard the angels singing When someone called your name You turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me, but remember the time. That missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took that gift you gave That's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Cause I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Cause I am so glad you gave. I am so glad you gave. I want you to close your eyes right now. Let me ask a question. How many of you are here today because someone, someone moved outside of their comfort zone? And now you're here in this place because someone moved beyond, moved beyond their questions, moved beyond their routine, moved beyond their comfort zone, moved beyond their assumptions, and now you're saved and your life has been transformed because someone didn't stay where they were. Let me see your hand. Who's here today because of that? Oh, so many hands have been raised today. You can put your hands down. That's why we're having this banquet tonight. I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. Could it be that God wants to use you He wants to use you to get beyond your comfort zone. Maybe he's pushing you past your comfort zone of routine. But Pastor Jared, I always watch the Sunday night football game. That's my routine. That's what I do. We sit around and eat popcorn and, you know, have lots of calories and gain weight. God, that's my routine. Maybe God's pushing you beyond your routine to say, I'm going to actually cancel my schedule to come and be a part and see what God is doing throughout the world. Maybe my gift, my prayers 
could be the thing that could change everything. 